You are now listening to the ACMS podcast. Welcome to the ACMS podcast. My name is Logan Browning, and we are excited to reconnect with Taylor Cardin, a 2009 construction management graduate. He was able to intern with both Chapman companies as he met with government officials collaborating about the needs of the area, and also SG Western Construction as a field supervisor at the Los Alamos National Laboratory. Taylor moved around within a few companies before settling down with J.B. Henderson Construction back in 2011. He currently acts as a project manager that has worked on a variety of projects and has implemented new processes and procedures for project management and heavy civil work. Taylor, thanks for joining us. Thanks for reconnecting. I'm glad to do that. Give us a little snippet of, of maybe who you are, your family, just for us to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, I've all, uh, got, got a good-sized family going. I've got uh, five kids now, um, three of which are adopted. They were foster kids. So that was a whole other experience <laughs> that we went through in my life. Um, actually moved back to my hometown where I grew up. My wife grew up here as well. So we were glad to be able to move back and be close to our parents and our family. Uh, great community to be in. So we, we really enjoy it back here. And let's take a, a little flashback time travel back to your days at BYU-Idaho and learn about things you've learned at in school, experiences that you had with ACMS. Give us a little insight of what it was like. Uh, so I, I was actually a transfer student. Um, I did a year at UNM. Uh, then went on my mission and then came back to uh, BYU-Idaho. It was actually my brother that got me uh, connected there. Because that, that was when uh, construction management was really just getting to be uh, scholarly, so to speak. You know, construction still very much a, uh, down, in the, down in the trenches, learn as you grow kind of trade still is. So it was still fairly new back then. BYU-Idaho had a very strong... Uh, program still do and I, I think a lot of that stems from the background you know BYU Idaho being Rick College was still very much acts like a trade school you know um, lots of hands-on stuff so I didn't do a lot of the core classes so to speak because I did that at UNM before I came to BYU Idaho so I was able to jump straight into very specific classes into what I what I was interested in learning did a lot with um, Reed Nelson. He, he was uh, one of my favorite professors, I guess you could say. <laughs> Took a lot of classes with him. I was actually a TA for him, built, uh, building strength and materials class, which I know everybody loves. And <laughs> with one of my favorite classes, I TA'd that. Um, I think some of my uh, questions are actually were in the test. I don't know if the if if they're still in that class or not. But I know there was a there was another student that mentioned that he saw one of my questions on his test. So really enjoyed it. Being able to contrast it with UNM, uh, just the whole atmosphere was totally different for me. BYU Idaho is serious about the education. We're not we're not, weren't there to. I mean, we were there to have fun, but it wasn't for partying. We we want to get the education be done and get back into get get into the real world and get educated on hands-on. I split a lot of my time 
there in the construction building. Uh, did a lot of the hands-on type classes, plumbing, electrical. Uh, did CAD, which for me was a little bit of a step back, I guess. I, I'm very advanced in my CAD classes. I actually taught CAD class in high school. So the CAD class was a little basic for me, but learned a lot of my in the other stuff, the scheduling, uh, lots of the hands-on with uh, concrete. Of course, it was very hands-on. Also did the welding class. So lots of hands-on stuff, which really helps when you get back into the into the world, you know, managing that stuff when you've actually had some hands-on helps you kind of see some of that. The other part of it was with the, the business group with the, the clusters there doing the economics and accounting. I know the teachers over there tried to pull me into those groups, not really knowing why I was going where I was. But then just the whole atmosphere of the school really, really being interested in the education uh, was a huge difference than what I experienced when I was at UNM. I won't get into UNM. That was different life. So I think I did three semesters in a row. And then, then I did my internship, my first internship with Chapman Homes, Chapman Companies. Interesting experience. They, they, they'd never had an internship before, so they weren't really set up for an intern. Chapman, uh, Walt Chapman, who was the owner, goes way back with my grandfather. They actually built Los Alamos and White Rock and lots of other communities. And that, that's how I got that job. Uh, was because of who my grandfather was. So I, I learned a lot about economics with that one. Um, I mostly worked with uh, Bill Chapman, who was more their development side. So I was looking at a larger picture, not so much the construction side, but the de- actual business development. So one of the big projects I had there was looking at market fe- feasibility. Uh, they were they had a, a plot of land that they owned that they were trying to decide if the time was right to develop. And so that was in Santa Fe. And Santa Fe's got some really interesting dynamics when it comes to housing. It's a very expensive uh, place to live. And at that time, they were really pushing for affordable housing, which put developers in a really bad situation because can't remember exactly what the ordinance was, but it was something like 10% of a development had to be affordable. Santa Fe Homes, you know, you, the, the ones, Chapman, Chapman Company did very high-end homes. I mean, I think their cheapest home was usually 600000 plus. And affordable housing was under two hundred. And so how do you put a $200,000 home in a, home in a community of, you know, 600, a million dollar homes and not take away from the community? That, that was a challenge, you know, especially when they, they prided themselves on their workmanship, which is a lot of the cost, you know, not just high end stuff, but also just the quality. So as part of that, there was a lot of, I, I met with a lot of the local government leaders trying to understand, you know, where are things going? You know, who are we trying to target with the affordable housing? You know, is, is there a demand for the housing that Chapman builds? In the end, it, the decision was not to proceed on it. It just wasn't the right time. Uh, with all the rules, uh, a lot of the, the housing demand was for low-income type housing, but not in Santa Fe. They were going to other communities that were cheaper and commuting. 
so they, they put that project on hold. That was mostly what my internship was. I did a few other little projects. I designed a new, uh, new signs for the business to put up in front of their, their homes and things like that, which was, had a big learning experience with that. Made a, made a rookie mistake. Uh, got, got a couple of different bids from sign manufacturers and found the one that was cheaper, but didn't read the fine print and they, they weren't apples to apples. One was providing a different material that was more expensive, but had the durability that we really wanted on that. So didn't catch that in time, bought a bunch of signs and unfortunately they weren't as durable as we wanted. So they had to be more careful with the sign to make them last. So that, that, that was a good experience to learn there. It, it, it was a longer internship because I had, I did it the summer and fall semester. So it was able to be, I think it was almost six months of an internship, which was nice. Another great thing with how the school's schedule is set up up there. So take advantage of that. As far as at school, so in ACMS, of course, participated in a lot of the, the lecture series that we had there. Didn't take up on the, the lead certification. Sometimes I wish I would have. Back then it was a lifetime certification. Now it's not. Uh, it was also a lot easier to do it when you were in school and used to all the studying and memorizing. Um, I, I experienced that a few years ago when I went and got my PMP. Trying to get back into that learning mode is is a challenge, <laughs> especially when you got kids running around and work and everything else. So, you know, definitely while you're in school, chase those things as much as you can. You can get sponsorships. You know, you're, a lot of the intern internships will probably sponsor that kind of stuff and take advantage of it when you can. Did some of the other stuff at school. I was part of the uh, football program there, uh, the game coordinator, which, you know, doesn't sound that great, but um, I actually developed a program for tracking the games and all that stuff that they then expanded into some of the other sports there. No idea if they're still using it or not. I haven't heard from them in a while. I don't think even this, probably not even the same people are there anymore. So, but to, to take a lot of advantage of the opportunities there. Got real close with my roommates for the year that I was in the I was in the bunkhouse there. Still keep in touch with a few of them on that. A lot of good experiences there. After that one year, I only had one roommate and still have her, so that's always good. <laughs> Just uh, always good to remember back to that and remembering how the gospel can be incorporated into everything. That's something that I think strengthened me at the school. You know, it's not all about the education, the world education, but the gospel aspect of that. That's something that will carry through the rest of your life. Um, and it can be applied everywhere, and, and people respect that. This is super valuable information for all of us and those that are going to listen after this. To wrap up our, or I guess your experience at BYU-Idaho, what's the best advice that you can give for students that are just starting out or those that are almost at the end of the line, but kind of want to give up. You know, like like I said, getting, getting that education all at once is so much easier. I've heard people, you know, uh, taking a year off or whatever, whether it's to earn money, to take a break, whatever. It's just getting back into that mode is so, so hard. You know, like, like I said, I mean, when I went to get the PMP, I was, well, it's, seven years after I graduated, 
trying to get back into that mode set of test taking and memorizing things and taking classes and reviewing notes, it's just, it's so much harder uh, to get that focus. Yes, you, you do all that stuff. I mean, I think my average contract documents is about 1500 pages. So you're not going to get away from reading that lovely legalese textbook style literature. That's going to be part of the job, but trying to remember that and being able to memorize, I mean, and really in the, on the job, you're not having to recall things off the spot. You can go look it up, but testing, it, it's a lot of work and it's hard to do. And, and yeah, it, it may be a struggle now, but trust me, it's going to be so much easier to do it now than to save it for later. If you're just starting out, you know, go after it. You know, it just just hit it as hard as you can. Um, if you don't know what you want to do yet, you know, take a variety of stuff, talk to people you trust, find out what it is you want to do. But find something that you love to do. Um, that was a, a big thing, again, from my grandfather that, you know, he, he'll always tell people he's never worked a day in his life. He was always having fun. And for some odd reason, people paid him for it. But if you if you love what you do, it, it it's worth it. You know, you can, you, you'll never make enough money to make up for a miserable job. So find something you like to do and, and go after it. Great advice. Taylor, would you mind just kind of transitioning from, I guess, not really your second internship, but after you graduated and the different companies you worked for, and just the things that you learned as you have called J.B. Henderson your home? So, you know, as I, as I said in my write-up, you know, again, I, I didn't get any of my job because of how I interviewed or, or my work history, really. You know, as I said, with Chapman Holmes, I got that job because of my grandfather. With SG Western, it was the same way. I got it because of my grandfather. I got it because of my aunt. They were people that knew the owner here. My grandfather was actually part of the reason SG Western came into existence. So he gave me a shot. I mean, I, I, was a, I didn't have really any experience, but I didn't have any civil experience, which is what SG Western was. Um, and he gave me a shot and quite frankly, just threw me, threw me in the deep end on it too. And, and it was, again, it was, it was about learning. You, you just got to keep learning it. Reach out to the people that are around you. If you don't understand something, you know, research it. Um, ask the questions, especially when you're new. People expect that, and and, and most people are willing to to help you out um, if you're you're forthcoming about it. Trying to hide things that you don't know and trying to make it up, it it, it just doesn't work out in the end. Luckily for me, I most of my work was with the National Lab, so I didn't have a whole lot of uh, comparing to understand how bad it was. But but working in a government facility, it, it, it's very challenging. There's a lot of uh, politics and a lot of bureaucracy to work through. And, and coming to understand that helps in so many ways. So, I mean, the one nice thing is it's the same thing from one job to the next. So it's it, not starting all over. But the people are different. They look at it differently and trying to understand what's what's really important and what's not is, is a big part of the job. You know, managing the job. When, when I was with SG Western, I was very much a field person. So it's very much about getting it built and doing that. I've 
transitioned, you know, through Trillicorn and then now with J.B. Henderson, I'm more in the office now on the contract side, which of course is a whole lot more paperwork and a whole lot more negotiation and customer interface and not quite as much on the actual how is it built. A little bit different mindset, but it still, it still has its challenges. It still has its uh, opportunities for being excited and, and having an accomplishment. Learned a lot of different things through the, through the different aspects. So, you know, it started with SG Western. It was very much civil. I mean, we were all dirt work, digging trenches, big yellow iron, very expensive equipment. Trillicor was kind of a transition in a little bit. Uh, they were more of a construction management firm. We did do, I uh, was a part of their first self-perform project, total disaster. <laughs> they, they, they just weren't set up to do that. Learned a lot in that, that year with them, not so much in a positive aspect. They, they were, they were in a bad situation. Basically they, they weren't, a, their business model wasn't a favored one up in, at this, at this facility. And so they were really getting a lot of uh, stone walls and black walls uh, to get out of here. Most of what I did with them was get the project done, getting it closed out, and then closing out the office. Learned a lot about business business management in that case. They were still hoping and trying to push forward. Spent a lot of time trying to find somebody to take over as a director up here that could push them forward. But I... I have a lot of contacts having grown up here. I knew a lot of people on the, on the customer side that I found that it just, it wasn't just who they had. It was just how they got here and what their, their goal was. And it just wasn't compatible. Finally convinced them of that, that, you know, sometimes you just got to cut it loose. Yeah. It looks like a good opportunity, but it's, it's an uphill battle at this point. JB Henderson, I, I got the job with them again, uh, it was actually because of the owner of SG Western promoted me over here. Uh, they really, he, he sold me big. <laughs> of course, they're glad to have me now that I've, I've proven myself here, but you know, I didn't, I wasn't very impressive interviewing or anything. I was a young kid, you know, the, a lot of things that didn't appeal very much, but you know, my, all my experience to them was civil. They don't, they didn't do any civil work. They were, general contractor with mechanical mechanical work on it but i again you know jumped into the job jumped on it did everything i could figured out what it is had to learn a lot about you know mechanical work i would never done any kind of mechanical stuff really um i knew architectural just you know growing up with an architect kind of knew the architectural side of things but mechanical was a whole new animal to me but again, you know, be forthcoming about it. Ask the questions. Uh, find those that are willing to help and, and, and get the information that you need to do it. Did all kinds of stuff. Really enjoy it because we're not at J.B. Henderson. So J.B. Henderson Overhaul is a lot of times seen as a mechanical contractor. That's how they started. A lot of the other areas, that's what they do is mechanical. But up here, we are kind of the... We're trying to get in, we're, we're in a niche up here that, you know, we do it all. You know, we self-perform the mechanical, the architectural, but we also do the general contracting. Again, because 
it's very difficult to navigate the, the government, the federal government type work. There's lots of paperwork, lots of rules, lots of meetings, lots of politics, and, and a lot of people don't want to navigate that. So that's one of the things we pride ourselves here is we know their system. We know how to work with them. Yeah, we, we, we'll, we pull people in all the time that don't do work up here and might not never do work again up here. But that that's what we really push on is we try to shield our, our subcontractors from that, that difficulty so they can get in and do their job and get back out and hopefully everybody makes money in the process. can be very challenging. Um, you know, I've, I've done projects from, you know, minor little remodels to a full out facility uh, complex. And of course, you know, the amount of effort that takes and amount of time on, on the job fluctuates. You know, I've done everything from, you know, just real standard 40 hour work weeks to 80, 90 plus hours of work, work week. On that big complex job, I was usually in the office by four in the morning and I was lucky to leave at six o'clock at night. Just long hours. Luckily, my wife was, her father owned her own business, so she kind of understood how that worked. But being sensitive to your family's needs is critical important. We went through a rough patch where we were really struggling at home and I was able to work it out to, to work from home for a few hours every morning so that I could help out at home. Uh, to be sensitive to that is important. You're, you're, I mean, I think the lesson this last week and the Come Follow Me talks a lot about family is what you have. At the end of the day, that that's what's important. And, and you can't sacrifice that. It, I'm, I'm lucky enough... Um, at work, it's, it's a very much a family culture here. I mean, this is my family here too, but they also understand that my family is the most important thing to me. And if I have to make a choice between the two, it's not a question on where who's winning. I could definitely do better. <laughs> we probably all could, but listen to your family. It, it can be hard sometimes. You, you, you have obligations at work but you can make it work out, but make sure you probably keep the priorities right. Uh, I know lots of people that have ruined their lives getting their priorities out of order. No matter, you know, the, the saying we have here at the office, the work will be here tomorrow. If it's not done today, <laughs> it'll still be here tomorrow. We'll joke sometimes that we need to get a better night crew that gets stuff done while we're at the office. But <laughs> There's not a night crew, so. <laughs> but, you know, and, and sometimes you need to just take the break. You need to step away, go see what's important, and get get that, that realignment when you come back to the office and realize, yeah, the, the, everybody was caught up in the, the heat of the moment, and, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. We can really solve this pretty easily. That's probably one of the bigger things that we keep, we try to keep real is, you know, we're all people. Yeah, we have different agendas, but we all have to figure out how to make those agendas match up somewhere. That That's what management is about. You, you're not going to satisfy everybody the way they want it satisfied. 
what you have to manage is how to get there to the best of everybody. That's going to mean some people are going to have to give on, you know, everybody's going to try to push for the full thing, but at the end of the day, there's some parts that are more important than other parts and you can give, you know, yeah, we want it all done this week, but we'd rather have a better quality job and have it done next week. Okay. Well, then that's what we're have to compromise on other time. Now that the timing is more important. And if it's not quite as good as we would have liked, you know, that's, that, that's what's important. And, and that, that can be challenging to identify what really is important and to be able to convince people that that's really what's important. Both customers, craft guys, you know, everybody's got a different priority and a different idea of what the priorities are. So being able to get those all aligned, that, that, that's the, the daily juggle, the, the challenge of the job. Thanks for opening up. Thanks for sharing everything that you did. But Taylor, as we come to a close of our podcast, I want to focus on our cornerstones, which are to build others through Christ-like service, lead with integrity, design, construct, and connect with our communities, and grow our knowledge continually. Why for you is it important to focus on connecting with your work community and building relationships with those that you work with? It, it goes back to the relationships you form is, is going to last longer than anything else. You never know where things will take you. I mean, life is full of surprises. It's full of the unexpected. But those people are the ones, those are going to be your support group. They're going to be the ones that get you through things. You can Google everything and find stuff. But quite frankly, it, the people, the knowledge you get from other people is going to be more accurate and you're going to remember it so much better. Those personal experiences shape it. Yeah, I can I can name a lot of the buildings that I've done, but I can't I can't tell you a lot of the processes. But I can tell you the people that that were on them and, and how they influenced it. And and that's a commodity that can't be replaced. And that's what's going to that's what's going to help you grow. Now, when you get those connections, you'll you'll get the education through them. You'll get uh, help, and, and you they'll they'll surprise you. I, I've gotten calls from people I haven't talked to in years that completely changed the direction of what I was doing. Value those relationships and build them up. Don't don't ever burn bridges. What might seem like a an unsolvable situation and, and never recoverable, you'll find out later wasn't at all what you thought it was. And and you can reconnect with that and. If you, if you burn the bridge, you, you never know what the opportunities lost are. Step away from it and try to rebuild it. If you can't, just let it be. <laughs> and maybe you'll use it again. You never know. But those relationships will, will carry you through everything. And you can't replace them. Thank you for listening to the ACMS Podcast.